Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 307th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. Go get some of their audio-based equipment in and around your ear holes as soon as possible. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bit. And joining me on this particular episode, as is tradition, my podcast, Right or Die, the Genji to my Kiriko. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ali Hart. Miss Ali Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I need healing. Um, <laughs> doing good. Doing, doing good. Enjoying a, a Thursday recording. Uh, a little bit different, a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling good. Feeling better than last week after <laughs> listening back to myself and how tired I was. Yeah, yeah. We were Apologies, both uh, very, very <laughs> knocked about through lack of sleep or just too much going on and whatever else. So uh, yeah, we're, we're recording actually a day earlier than usual and we're yeah. both feeling very chipper today. Yeah, see? Caught us like when it's not the ass end of a week. We're actually still running on some fumes, some, some mm-hmm. energy, so... Yeah. One one thing we realised though, uh, recording the day earlier is apparently not much news happens uh, when you record a day <laughs> earlier. At least it is this week because uh, we were scratching, uh, scratching at all kinds of things to try and find anything that was going to fall out for us to talk about. We've, sure, we've got yeah. a we've got a good smattering of things to discuss today, so we've got enough to keep you all informed and entertained. But uh, maybe we can start as is as is tradition here on THG and talk about what we've been up to. So, Miss Hart, do you want to lead us off? Uh, yeah, same old, same old when it comes to playing Overwatch. Um, still enjoying it, still haven't really dropped a penny on it, actually. Um, I know I said last week I should probably get the Battle Pass, but still have yet to buy it. I think I'm hesitant. Like, seeing the price points for how much it costs to buy the in-game currency and, and what it skins. translates to. Oh, I... Holy guacamole. I just... I just look at the skins from afar now <laughs> I, I don't think that i can i can actually like justify purchases I, I can't believe i'm saying this like do i actually enjoy the loot boxes more than this system that they've got where you just pay for everything it's, it's it kind of sounds like you do it, yeah or it does did. or i did i do i i just i don't know i guess i just want things a little bit more accessible where obviously with loot boxes you earned them and then it was obviously all random on what you got so it was that kind of little gacha lottery kind of approach to getting stuff mm-hmm. so you didn't necessarily get what you wanted but then when you have the battle pass like everyone gets the same thing unless you pay for a little bit extra so, so there's free stuff and then there's stuff that comes with the purchase of a battle pass and then there's just the store and obviously when you drop money you can get what you want for the characters you play which is a pl- like a plus and a positive mm-hmm. but then the amount that they're asking and how that translates to in-game currency and how much they're asking it just it just doesn't seem worth it like it like like 20 bucks gets you one skin Mm-hmm. 
It's certainly in line with the current interest rates in the property market. I think Blizzard <laughs> have seen the uh, seen the stock market, or, or maybe maybe they had a lot of money in crypto and they've lost a lot of their backends. They're like, we need to recoup this big hole in our in our wallet and bank balance now. So they've jacked the prices up on skins. We're paying for a lot and of yeah, lawyers. I'm, you know, I have I have little self control. Anyone that's listening to this podcast knows how little self control I have when it comes to loot boxes and skins and things. But yeah, I've been hesitant with uh overwatch too i've i've bought the battle pass i'll fully admit i bought the bought the battle pass was 15 bucks or whatever whatever the price point was i can't remember but i haven't shelled out any extra money for the skins there's been a few i've come close to but yeah the the price point on them made me take a break for a second and then i guess i just went over to Fortnite and wasted money on skins over there even though they're like marginally cheaper in my head it seems like i'm saving more money buying them over there which is just dumb but I'm a, I'm a weak-willed man. Yeah, but I also feel like, and I'm not one for justifying this sort of stuff, but I do feel in Fortnite there is more opportunity to earn in-game currency to then buy your own, um, buy skins that you want from the store and such, and then a lot of these skin packs do come with additional things. Same with Overwatch. There, there are packs where you can get like a, character skin a voice line maybe an emote or something like that but it's 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 just expensive it's ridiculously expensive and i don't know it's i'm getting hesitant on any idea of like like this don't get me wrong there's been things i want like badly Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things for certain characters that i play where i would have loved to have bought them but the fact that i'm still have yet to buy the battle pass i think just i'm just so hesitant to drop money on these things especially when some of these purchases just for one little tiny thing could be equal to a game, like an indie game. Um, I think that's what my brain does is that my brain goes, you know what? I could buy a completely whole game for this amount. Like, so I just, I think I'm just sitting there and just like rationalizing these purchases and yeah, I guess that makes me a a wet blanket. I don't know. Do you think, I wouldn't say wet blanket. That's a little extreme, but I I understand (laughs) the hesitancy. Do you think it also comes from, Direct comparison with, say, Fortnite and Overwatch 2 is the skins you buy in Fortnite, they're always front and center because it's third person. You see your skin, you see your character, you see the emotes and everything like fully in front of you due to that third person view where Overwatch, you're only seeing the arms. You see the skin in the load screen or you maybe see it in the, the highlight reel at the end or if you won the victory, but it's sort of sparingly shown in comparison to Fortnite where that money you've dropped you don't really see it very much because you just see, you know, from the elbows up. That's actually a really good point. I didn't think about it that way. There are these, the moments that you actually do see these things that you've purchased are very brief. Mm -hmm. And then you don't even really know if the people that you play with are really focusing on them anyway. Like that would be the only other reason why you would buy it is to show it off to your teammates. And I mean, how long are they really focusing on how cool you look? So that's actually a really good point. Yeah, I was thinking about that last night. I played a played a little bit of Overwatch, and I'm really enjoying being able to get into Overwatch with like a full stack of of friends and family and foes. And yeah, like I've I've um been playing as Moira, and she doesn't have a ton of cool skins, so it's tough. And like, so there's the hesitancy that they they don't look that great. Then they're really expensive. Then that other power, it's like I don't even see these. So like, uh, I'm just sort of sitting out on the sidelines. Waste of money on uh, Fortnite skins because uh, yeah, Ash Williams from Evil Dead popped into Fortnite a few weeks ago, so I dropped some cash on that one, and now I'm just waiting to see what the next uh, collab is. The sooner Rick and Morty pisses off from the Fortnite shop, the better. 
go away, please, please leave and never return. But uh, give us a new uh, IP to sink some money into. Yes, yeah, I've got Rick and Morty fatigue. I'm so like just jaded old man when it comes to Rick and Morty these days. I know I need to get back into it because I've heard it's like gotten kind of good and it pokes fun at the the meta-ness and the super fandom of, of what Rick and Morty's become as well. So I think I'd probably appreciate it, but I just uh, I've hopped off the train and I'm having a hard time getting back on. That's fair. I, I, I get that perspective. It just so happens that it's been playing at my house and so I've gotten back into it. So. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All every time I get shot by a, a Rick or a Mister Meeseek or something, oh my god, oh, he's, th- those skins are Mr. quickly Meeseeks. ascending yeah. to the to the top of um the top of my hated skins list. Yeah, the Mister Meeseeks is one that I hate being killed by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or when you hear that "gotta get swifty" emote going, oh, that just makes my blood instantly boil. <laughs> but anyway. That's that's the old man rant of episode three oh seven. What else uh-huh. you been doing, Miss Hart? Um, I finally got to play a game that's been sitting on my wanting to play list, and I know that this is gonna probably sound really at left field. Maybe not. Maybe people aren't so surprised by me anymore. Um, a game just dropped on Game Pass, and it's called Frog Detective: The Entire Mystery, and it is an adorable like point and click adventure game where you play as a frog who is a detective solving mysteries and <laughs> it's just ridiculously cute and adorable and there's a very like quaint sense of humor to it and um I, I as I was like looking into it just to double check like about the studio I think it actually is Australian made um mm-hmm. as well yep. and I, I the reason why I did have to double check that was there was a like a bit of humor in there that I felt was a little bit more on the Australian side like like uh, it felt very more Australian like, cause as living over here, I'm finding myself making a lot of references and then being like looked at weirdly and then finding out that it's an Australian thing, not a worldly thing. So I'm noticing it more and more in media and gaming content and such like that. So to see that this very sweet game has uh, Australian roots to it as well, um, it makes me even more happy to finally get to play it. It's very cute. Yeah, it's- it's made in parallel through um, Victorian state government and Film Victoria, so awesome. they've uh, helped help get this game underway. And yeah, I think it's done by, from what I can see, just a team of four, which is awesome. So a really small team here, and um, yeah, it's been popping up on on the socials. Like when I saw it on the docket this morning, I'm like, why does that ring a bell? And then I asked you what it was about, and then I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, I saw a heap of friends on like an internet friends talking about it the last couple of weeks because it's on Game Pass or was coming to Game Pass and. The art style is super cute mm-hmm. and um, it looks like it'll be a, a bag of fun. A bag of fun? But it's, it's, it's very cute in the humour. Like there's like a lot of moments, like right at the start, uh, you find out that you've been selected for a job uh, because you are the second best detective that the, your boss knows. Not the best. He's busy. So you're the second best. Um, so this, the the humor is very adorable in it. So um, yeah, don't think it's a kids game. It is very much like for everyone. Um, even though the impression first looking at it, it looks like a kids game. Um, but it's on Game Pass and it's it's just very lovely. It's a very lovely game to play. So if you're into something like a little less strenuous, a little less hectic, then uh, definitely give Frog Detective a look. 
It looks super quirky. It looks super fun. And yeah, on Steam or on Game Pass as well. So depending on if you want to own it and add it to your Steam catalog or, or get it part of your monthly of Game Pass subscription, you can you can do that. And uh, yeah, it looks fun. It looks super fun. And the character models are very interesting. I like that there's some Australiana in there. Mm-hmm. A few like koalas and things amongst the frog and the sheep and all these other animals. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, watch a little bit more about it because it looks super fun. Yeah, definitely recommend yeah. 100%. Something that I recommend. I'm not going to go too deep on it because uh, we've got a spoiler cast in the works to uh, come out probably at some stage next week, give or take uh, our respective playthroughs. But uh, obviously, God of War Ragnarok dropped in the last 48 hours, I think, if my math serves correct, somewhere around there, officially, Roughly. around the world. Yeah. So uh, God of War Ragnarok has uh, been released to much critical acclaim to... Not many people's surprise, I guess you could say. This game's been uh, very hyped and very, very, very largely anticipated since uh, the sequel was announced a couple of years ago now. And my goodness, I'm not going to go into spoilers. Obviously, that's going to be reserved for spoiler cast. But uh, all the hype you are seeing on this game and the review scores and the Metacritic score, everything like that is 110% justified. It is a very, 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 very special game. It's one of the most impressive games that I've played in a good long while, and that encompasses not only narrative, graphics, soundtrack. The voice acting is like goat tier. Like, you know, Chris Judge and everyone else that's involved in God of War Ragnarok, like that now synonymous Kratos tone that we got from, Mm -hmm. uh, from Tilk is just... And the second you hear it, like the second you hear him just drop a little, you know, one word response or something in in the opener and you're just like, oh my God, I'm back in. And it's just, this game is epic in every sense of the word. Like that's the best way to describe it. And yeah, it's, it's quickly shooting up the, the, the best of, best of lists for 2022. And it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, the, the big four in my head as far as games I've enjoyed the most, Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, um, Plague Tale Requiem, and God of War Ragnarok are, are the four heavy hitters for me as far as sitting at the top. But it feels like once I sit back and reflect on my time with this game, it might end up being the top of the pops for me. I'm not going to commit to that. and I'll keep that in, in suspense until our end of year um, recap episode we do. Sure, but sure. Uh, this is a very special game and... Yeah, any any Sony fans that have been waiting patiently or impatiently for God of War Ragnarok to come out, I think that uh, that waiting has been well-deserved and get into this game as soon as you can because it is very, very special. We've had a lot of very, very special games this year and this one sits very proudly amongst the top of that list. Very fair. I'm glad that it is turning out to be uh, everything that everyone had anticipated and wanted out of the the well the next installment of the series everyone loved the do you call it the first no what do you call it like it's it's not really a reboot as such like it is a continuation from the original earlier sony games but they've just sort of i just reset the naming conventions yeah oh well the one previous anyway everyone enjoyed that and so there was obviously a very high bar of expectation for ragnarok and um it seems like it's hit it and it seems like it's actually gone over a lot of people are loving this game i also enjoyed the outrage over here when everyone found out that australia got it early 
Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta love time zones. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was like a lot of uh, risky social media um, and even Twitch streaming. Like a lot of people were already streaming it and getting access to it while everyone in America had to wait. I think it was like nine o'clock here, 9 p.m. Um, to play it. So, um, but yeah. I, I'm I'm glad you guys seem to be enjoying it and I'm sure everyone's looking forward to your spoiler cast to learn a little bit more and your experience. It's it's so special and I'm just constantly in awe from just even just little tiny nothing details like yeah. the fact that it is that same continuous single shot camera. There's no load screens. All, and, and look, well, obviously there is if you die and it resets uh, back to a previous checkpoint, <laughs> but through the game, just the transition from cutscene back to gameplay is just, you know, the, the polish on this game is absolutely absurd. And Santa Monica Studio and everyone involved in this game, like, hat tip to you, good sirs and good ma'ams, because holy crap, this game is just uh, something else in all the right ways. And, uh, yeah, God of War Ragnarok is fantastic. Pick up a copy if you've got a PlayStation, because if you don't, you're doing yourself a disservice. If you are downloading it, though, be mindful. It's about 98 gigs, if I remember correct. So it is a bit of a chunky download. So if you are... Looking to get this game underway, just uh, put a little bit of time aside and some storage aside on your PlayStation 4 or 5 to uh, be able to play this game. Not only that, like um, there was a strong recommendation that once you installed it, there was a patch apparently. Like, Mm -hmm. so people had to take into consideration to make sure that patch was installed as well because it was very uh, highly recommended from the studio to make sure you have that done. Yeah, most definitely. And another game, I'm not going to really talk too much about it, but I've been playing the latest Star Ocean. Uh, with oh. thanks to play on as well so i've been dabbling jumping back into my uh, jrpg weeb fantasies and <laughs> i've been really enjoying it so far but i've had to sort of put it down this week just because ragnarok has uh, taken precedence and uh, a little bit more marvel snap and overwatch too obviously so uh, i'll circle back to that and give you some more in-depth thoughts on the latest star ocean uh, in probably next week's episode, I think I'll try and uh, ch- put a bit more time into that. But I've really been enjoying it, and it's been nice to get back to that world because the Last Hope is one of my favourite JRPGs from uh, from yesteryear. So uh, it's wow. been nice to sort of revisit that world. But uh, yeah, Ragnarok is uh, taking full focus for me, and uh, Marvel Snap because I made it over that uh, level thousand this I week. Saw. So huzzah! And uh, I've been on a been on like a mission the last couple of I've been steamrolling everybody and I've gotten this sort of routine now where after I drop the first card hit the snap and then I'll use the Miss Marvel thumbs up and I don't know if that like just gets people off their game but so many people after a few rounds in in the matches I'm having are starting to retreat because it feels like I'm putting this false confidence out there that they think I've got all these cards set up and I just bluff my way to so many victories and it's the best. Oh, I always thought it was when you kind of double up on the um, the crystal, the little thing up the top. Um, yeah, yeah, the snap. Yeah, I always thought that that was a great way to make people nervous, especially at the start if you tried to double it because, like, yeah. it's like, what do you know that I don't know? Yeah, I hit that round one, like, round one every single time and then the cheeky little thumbs up from Miss from Marvel. So it's uh, like, look, I'm doubling up and I'm really confident. Ha-ha, you're going to verse me? And uh, yeah, it's been a been a been a good run, but wow. uh, great snap game. Marvel Snap can't speak highly enough of that. But uh, that's what we've been up to. Uh, something that y'all can get up to is heading on over to videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards. 
get those votes in for the 2022 biddies. Uh, we've been very appreciative of everyone that has uh, been shooting their votes and thoughts in so far. We're going to be unpacking that, obviously, in about a month's time mm-hmm. on the uh, penultimate episode of The Hungry Games for 2022. So uh, you still got plenty of time, but doing so... Uh, we're talking about those votes. Obviously, gets you in the running to win an assortment of swag from Audio Technica, from Spreadshirt, from a couple of the games and sort of films and TV shows that are going to be voted. So it's going to be a ton of giveaways, and all it takes is probably you know a minute or two of your time to put your put your thoughts there. So a prize for your thoughts, one might say. So videogamesandculture.com forward slash awards. Obviously, you can get merchandise from our official web store shop8bit.net or you can support us monetarily over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8 bits but miss hart let's jump into the news this week's news headlines all right the first little quick hitter plans are reportedly afoot for an mmo set in sony's horizon ip this project is reported to be in development with korean studio nc soft which is most famous for publishing the mmo rpg guild wars and its subsequent sequel a source familiar with both Sony and NCSoft reportedly told Korean news site MTN the two companies have tentatively agreed to pursue a business partnership in which NC will create new games using Sony's promising game IP. The report goes on to state that NCSoft's internal development team was producing a new game of the Horizon IP by Guerrilla Games as its first franchise collaboration. So as the uh, resident Horizon superfan yes. on The Hungry Gamers, <laughs> I do not think we need this oh snap i thought you would be all about this like i love horizon i love the the rpg part of it but making this into an mmo i just feel that the beauty and the focus storytelling might get a little bit lost in such a broader setting so i don't know i don't think i really want this but um it sounds like it's happening, and I'll probably play it at launch just to see what it's about. But right now, I love me some Horizon. I love me some Guerrilla Games. Obviously, Guild Wars is one of the, the largest games in the world, uh-huh. especially in that MMO area. But I don't know how the hell this is going to work, and I'm just, <laughs> eh. What a plot twist. I actually think this is a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> my brain goes yeah this makes a lot of sense like i think about um uh, a, a lot of the games like 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 arc like like kind of more of a like inclusive environment like i've always said that horizon looks pretty and there's a, like a lot of elements that i find really appealing but everyone knows that i'm a loser that doesn't really like a linear story and don't like being dragged around and the main reason why i didn't enjoy horizon was because of the slow draw um, element of being dragged through tutorials and getting to know all that, you know, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's didn't appeal to me. But when you give the option to be kind of like, well, here's this beautiful world we created. Here's the lore. Here's the tools. Here's all that experience. But, you know, kind of go out there and kind of make it your own kind of thing. Like, that's when I'm interested. That's when I'm on board. So if, Interesting. That's, if that's what they give me, then I guess technically it would be more appealing to me. Technically, it would be more appealing mm. to me. So, wow. I honestly thought we would both be kind of gushing <laughs> at the idea of this and it's completely, completely switched around. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm, I'm struggling to get fully on board with it. Like, 
more Horizon, awesome. That's that's mm-hmm. exciting. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm happy to see this IP get further farmed, but I'm just curious how this is going to play out. Like maybe maybe the way it would work is when you you're starting and you're creating your character, you get to pick from maybe one of the certain tribes. So maybe True. you start as someone from the Nora or one of the other tribes there, and that would zone off the game differently. Like I'm just thinking, like you know how WoW and stuff works, where you start sure. with your certain race. And then Classes you start, start in different hubs and everything else. So, so maybe there is some depth to this that would become more appealing to me closer to release. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like I just when I heard this news, it just didn't hit me the way I was hoping for it to because, you know, Horizon's very near and dear to my heart and I really love the formula sure. we've got for the first two games. So maybe I'm having a hard time disconnecting from, from that because that linearity and even though there is some open world elements in there but that more hand-holding experience of a video game i love that with horizon where this i don't know i don't know i gotta i gotta gotta wait and see once this thing becomes more of a thing and we get some more information about the gameplay maybe i'll get more excited as the announcements roll out but right now i'm just like no no we don't need this (laughs) (laughs) i guess yeah i guess maybe it's more looking at do you need it? Like, is it something that's necessarily needed? Like, I wouldn't have thought that um, Elder Scrolls would necessarily need an online element, um, but they did. Whether mm-hmm. it was successful or not is usually debatable. But I just think if you build something so incredible, something so gorgeous, and you've you you. You think like you think it out a lot, and you develop it enough that like if you're making it more open and more accessible to other people, and creating your own narrative in it or creating your own experience in it is just it's a great opportunity. So I don't mm. know. Oh, this That's true. Very That's true. very. I curious. just I just worry that maybe we'll have to reduce a little bit of that graphical fidelity to offset oh, you know see. the server sizes and stuff. True. So that it'll That's still true. be stunning. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like. Final Fantasy fourteen is gorgeous. Mm. WoW's pretty in its own way. Some of the other MMOs that have popped up, New World and stuff, they've they've been visually pretty impressive, but not as like jaw dropping as these big singular narrative games. So so we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, sadly, it just didn't warm my heart up the way I was hoping it to when I heard that there's another new Horizon game allegedly on the way. It but warmed up this cold heart to Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing too on this is it's obviously it's a Sony franchise, mm-hmm. but you think, you know, for, for a good media MMO, it's got to be on PC, PC right? Yeah. Like mostly MMOs, there's a lot more buttons and abilities and things like that. Like obviously with Horizon, there's there's not really abilities per se, it's weapons. So how are they, are they going to offset that where there's going to be certain character archetypes where you're casting spells or, or you've got, um, abilities on cooldown so it's going to be a bit of a remapping of, of the standard combat formula but we'll see we'll see i'm just hoping that uh my my heart warms up like yours does closer to uh, the release I'm, date of this one I'm if just, it gets off the ground yeah i'm just a, i feel like a, maybe i'm just a tad more uh positive i i can i can see it i can see the potential in it so mm-hmm. it's wild Definitely not how I thought how that conversation was going. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, God. Moving on here. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has now, genera- has now generated 
over 1 billion US dollars and become the fastest selling title in the series to hit that milestone. Activision's latest press release states that the previous record for hitting 1 billion was set by Black Ops 2 back in 2012 and that took 15 days where Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 took just 10. So ain't no one surprised about this. COD is that uh, annual cash cow and uh, clearly people have been thirsting to get back into one of, in my opinion, uh, greatest entries into the Call of Duty franchise. Modern Warfare 2 really, really uh, put that game on the map for me and so many hours were spent in the multiplayer element of that, so much team deathmatching. And uh, yeah, the world be hungry for COD. A billion dollars in 10 days. Like, yeah, you you are right. It is pretty much the guaranteed... um purchase in uh, like just a lot of genres like a lot of people play it people who are like serious dedicated gamers and then your casual gamers it's just a very accessible first person shooter for a lot of people um, as well as being attached to a very well-known name of Call of Duty I am surprised that it's had such a success in um, purchases obviously it's been some time but have you been seeing how much backlash and negativity has been attached to this release where we're seeing um, just like loadout issues or server issues or just the game in general just absolutely shutting down on people mid-game like I've I've seen a lot of people complaining saying that the game has been released um, in a bad bad condition essentially yeah it's um it's it's been a little bit of a bumpy release to say the least. Apparently, yeah, there's there's a ton of bugs. I haven't I haven't played a single second of M Dubs Two yet, the, the new entry, and I'll get around to it. But yeah, from what I what I've heard and what you've you've relayed as well, there is, yeah, it hasn't been stable. I guess is the easiest way to uh, classify where this game's been at so far, and it hadn't reviewed very well either. Like, um, I'm just quickly quickly pulling up the the Call of Duty review set here yeah well like and the other thing is is that i don't think they have yet released their battle pass i don't think they've dropped that yet um and then there's warzone as well which is usually attached i think that's coming out in sometime november i believe that's the thing that everyone's hyping about they're more looking Mm -hmm. forward to the warzone drop so um but yeah just the, the most of the negativity i've seen is just player matchups not working a lot of people just getting kicked out of their games and just general connectivity issues yeah it's it's um i'm not surprised but it it is worrisome because obviously this game has planned to be like a two-year yeah uh life cycle churn so next year we're not going to have a brand new call of duty in 2023 modern warfare 2 and the subsequent warzone attachment you know warzone 2.0 is going to be um, supported and new content's going to drop over the next uh, 24 months mm-hmm. in the interim until that new cod in 2024 so it's, it's worrisome that it has gotten off to a little bit of a slippery start you could say like yeah, yeah it's still selling like no one's business and if they can get this game up to snuff as far as stability, uh, people will hang around, but you don't want another battlefield scenario where the game's that busted and people just drop off and and go back to other, other shooters of which there are many, but uh, yeah, Metacritic um, 77 for Xbox, 78 for PlayStation and 80 for PC. So that's, that's passable. But then looking at some of the scores, like 
Six and a half out of 10 from Gaming Former. IGN for the single player campaign, six out of 10. PC, six out of 10. Shaq News, six out of 10. So a lot of the, the premium outlets did sort of under-review it per se. Sure. And um, sadly, the, the the campaign from Modern Warfare 1 and 2 was phenomenal. And obviously, they've redone some of that and added new layers to it. And it seems they missed the mark. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I uh, you bring up the point that they're not going to be releasing, doing the yearly release of Call of Duty content. So this one kind of has to hold on people's attention for two years, which I think they will. And I don't know if these technical issues that they've been experiencing is as comparable to battlefield um but it, it, it's it's enough i've it, but you know, game is game is complain like i don't know that's it how how if, bad if, is if it <laughs> yeah if there's a slight door ajar for someone to kick in to to then scream at the top of their lungs about something they probably genuinely don't even care about you know they're gonna do it yeah. and uh yeah there's there's been a lot of uh, discourse around M-Dubs 2, but it still looks stunning. Like from some of the Twitch streams I've seen and just, you know, obviously gameplay slices through announcements and on, on the internet, the game looks very impressive. Looks but good. yeah, I can't really talk to the to the stability of the, of the title too much, but we'll see as the, uh, as the weeks and months continue to roll by. Sure. And I mean, when you are one of the most popular first-person shooters out there, you you are going to hear a lot of negativity because you have a lot to choose from, don't you? So not necessarily That's it. That's the it. most friendly of fan bases either. So. Mm. Yeah, you're going to be immediately under the microscope more than others of because course. you are the juggernaut of, uh, of, of the shooter universe. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, a billion dollars in 10 days. Holy guacamole, that is a lot of cashish. Moving on, alongside revealing the voice cast and a new trailer, Netflix has announced that all six episodes of the animated series Dragon Age Absolution will be released on December 9th of 2022. Dragon Age Absolution is a new series from Bioware and Red Dog Culture House that is a spin-off of the video game franchise that began in 2009 with Dragon Age Origins. The story will follow Kimberly Brooks's Miriam, an elven mercenary who was once a slave in Tevinter and who must now become the hero she was born to be. So the trailer looks impressive. Mm. I'm uh, excited. I'm a bit of a Dragon Age fan. Obviously, I've got a soft spot for Bioware and their pretty uneven releasing of games <laughs> over the last several years. But Dragon Age is fantastic and I cannot wait for the next entry into the mainline game series. But in the interim, knowing that this is coming out in less than a month's time on Netflix, like, uh, let's go. Yeah, I haven't really played a Dragon Age um, game, but seeing the trailer looks pretty cool. Um, high fantasy. Um, it, curious that Netflix managed to hold on to this one and didn't cancel it before they went on a crazy cancelling frenzy. So um, hopefully the the series sees success and... Uh, hopefully earns themselves an additional series unless they're just happy making one one season and open and shut kind of story but um yeah and end of the year so you'll be able to get it out and at the end of the year and watch all in one go so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hopeful like like you you nailed it i think as long as like if they're gonna aim to tell a complete story in six episodes, awesome. Mm-hmm. But if this lead like leads to a cliffhanger on the end of the sixth episode, and then Netflix is gonna Netflix and just cancel this damn thing, yeah. I'm gonna be pissed. So hopefully, either they've got a nice story that's gonna be told in those six episodes, or they've got plans for multi series, uh, multi seasons, and Netflix has you know, internally committed to following that commitment. Yeah, but. 
We'll see. We'll see. But uh, yeah, it's awesome because uh, yeah, we've got a lot of good things coming out at the back end of this year. And that, I guess, leans into the next story because we've got uh, season three of the show we're about to talk about coming out um, at the back end of December of this year as well. And uh, I've just titled this one, Toss a Coin to Your Hemsworth, because this happened over the last couple of weeks. We haven't really talked about it here on the potty, but um, yeah, obviously for anyone that has been living under a rock, uh, Henry Cavill has announced he is uh, putting down the sword and uh, retiring as Geralt of Rivia after the third season of The Witcher. And off the back of that news, also announced that uh, Mr. Liam's Hemsworth is going to be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. And uh, I've got some words here from Eurogamer. And according to a report by Redanian Intelligence, Hemsworth was actually a frontrunner for the part before the role ultimately went to Cavill. As such, sources state the casting process this time around was very quick, with it being implied the producers simply went back to their original audition tapes before settling upon Hemsworth as a replacement for Geralt of Rivia. This was all reportedly done during the latter part of summer 2022 or Australian winter of 2022 during season three's production. However, despite the producer's enthusiasm for Hemsworth, many Witcher fans are less enamored with the news of this recasting. In fact, chugging along confidently in the background, a petition to get Henry Cavill back into the role on change.org is on the cusp of becoming one of the site's most prolific ever. At the time of writing the Netflix, you must keep Henry Cavill as the Witcher and replace the writers instead petition has already had 133,966 signatures. If the petition makes it to 150,000 signatures, it will become one of the top signed petitions on change.org's history. While Cavill has not spoken further about his decision to step back from the role of Geralt, many have surmised... Um, he was not happy with the direction the show was going, with the production team drifting too far from the literary source material. In the past, the actor openly expressed his desire to make his version of Geralt as true to the books as possible, with his co-star Freya Allen, who plays Siri, even referring to him as a Witcher Bible. In an interview with Fortress of Solitude ahead of the show's second season, Alan explained, we'll be doing a scene and Kent and Cavill will be like, I think we should use this line from page 253 of Blood of Elves. <laughs> and I'm like, how does this dude know this stuff? End quote. So this is uh, bre- well, not breaking news, but heartbreaking news, you could say. There's been yes. a, lot of, uh, a lot of sadness and hostility and anger that has come on the back of this because this came out of nowhere there was just a simple tweet and an instagram post from henry cavill uh where he he mentioned that he's laying down his medallion um ahead of season four he then uh you know handed the mantle over to to liam hemsworth and the internet was immediately up in arms saying this is horrific and horrible and all the worst kinds of things and and i get it the fact that internally from what what i've read in the interviews cavill committed to like seven seasons of the witcher if they were to stay true to the source material but as we mentioned there they've sort of started to veer off from the the original books and get creative and do things outside of the scope which i think maybe ultimately upset cavill a bit too much and he sort of amicably left and now liam's hemsworth is rolling into town to pick up the swords. Miss Hart, what's your thoughts about all this? Have you got a strong opinion on, on this recasting? Are you, you happy? you sad? Where do you stand with this whole uh, Henry Cavill Witcher debacle? Well, I haven't played a Witcher game. I haven't read a Witcher book. So I have no strong connection to the franchise. I mean, I have a strong connection to Cavill. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm sad that yeah. he's, yeah, I'm sad he's going. Um, he like, there's something to appreciate when someone is doing their best for a role, but then actually knowing the role and knowing the universe, essentially, there's the story in and out, um, and trying to get that portrayed, like the, the fact that he was gunning for it more than writers and people that are, supposed to like go from source and then bringing it to screen like there's people that their whole role is to make sure that that it translates from source to source to screen and that he's the one that's doing the legwork he's the one that's kind of putting it out there and yeah the reports are saying that the showrunners the writers they're changing stuff um, and then that he stuck by what he said, and the second that the material wasn't going to be true to source, he he would he would leave. He wouldn't be a part of it anymore. So, um, there's something really really respectable about that. So yeah, I'm sad mm. that he's going. Um, yeah, I'm sad that he's not attached to it. But he stay true to his word. He stay true to his love of the franchise, and that's just um that I think that's just amic- amicable. But um. I also don't want to be named Liam Hemsworth um, right now because I could just imagine, imagine the amount of hate uh, I would be getting. And then now because Henry did such a fantastic job in this role and we just all grew to love him and we all agreed that, yes, this, this is, this is Geralt, Geralt, Gerald, Geralt, Geralt. I said it right the first time. Um, we all have now attached him to the role. I am very curious to see what they're going to do to do this transition into a completely different actor playing the role. I don't know if they're going to do a time jump or a time rewind or some kind of weird mix around like that. Like, how do you take someone that's just been so perfect for the role and just completely change him out without it being an eyesore, like just absolutely noticeable? It's it's yeah, big, it's, it's heavy. It's going to be super jarring. Going to be super jarring. And the fact that like this isn't just after, you know, episode 2 or something. This is going to be happening in the fourth season. So we've got three seasons of Henry Cavill as Geralt and then Liam's going to roll into town and that first episode in season 4 when you see him yes, yeah, swinging his swords and and using his his gruff very minimalist dialogue, it's going to be so strange. Mm-hmm. It's going to feel like you're watching a completely different show, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna abandon the the Netflix adaptation of the which I'm gonna still watch because I really enjoy what they've been doing with the show. But I also like you said I I admire the hell out of Cavill for sticking to his guns and saying you know what I was all in if you were respectful to the source material, but because you are flexing your creative liberties a little too much for me, I am out and. You know, that, that says a lot about someone, for, for him to stick to his guns and stay true to his word. Like, yeah, I uh, I respect the hell out of him for that. It's just a shame that they couldn't come to an agreement internally. We're like, okay, we, we know that you are the driving force of this show. Let's maybe peel back the, the creativity and the um, the, the changes and, and the... The, the new form of expression that these, these showrunners are trying to, to get out there. And let's just scale back to the source material and, and keep everybody happy because I wonder if the, the show numbers for season four, when it does drop, does drop, uh, you know, from a numbers perspective, 
and it might end up having this show get cancelled. We might never get those fifth, six, seven seasons potentially if that's what the the plan and the uh, the roadmap is. So it's worrisome in a whole heap of ways. We might only get a, a story that's going to be two thirds told because uh, the internet in mass could show up and go, you know what, we're out. Screw you, Netflix. Screw you, Liam Hemsworth. Even though it's not his fault, it's nice to hear that he he applied or, or auditioned for the role um, like during the initial casting process. Sure. So there is some familiarity there and it shows that hopefully he has a bit of care about this world as well. Maybe not to the level and understanding was, of Cavill. Yeah, but. I think it was said that he was a fan, but I think a lot of people say that they're a fan of a franchise sometimes. It's just like, you know, you can be a fan of something like, yeah, I played it, and then you can be Henry Cavill and quote a page. Yeah, um, he lives it. He lives this universe yeah. like day in and day out. So it's that it is upsetting to see a super fan that is so passionate about this world that was leading this world into mainstream, um, you know, into the mainstream lens, and now he's leaving. And obviously, there is the the other internet rumors that oh, he had to leave due to you know Superman. him re-upping as Superman and all that nonsense. But I feel. At the crux of this, it's probably due to the creative differences between the writers and the showrunners and Henry Cavill where they wanted to do their own thing and he's like, no, stick to the source material. And I reckon that's where the crux of this problem probably stemmed from. Yeah, and I'm just remembering too, I think I didn't care for the second season that much. I think I felt like there was a lot of dead time in that season that I I felt like there was not much happening in the middle. Um, so I'm very curious to see when the new season comes out, if like, if, if, if it is very much the same where there's a lot of dead time in between and not much happening. Cause I could understand that being a, a problem for a series too. That, but that was my opinion, obviously every other people loved it from start to finish, but that, that was just my thoughts. Yeah. I'm very, very biased. I'm, I'm all in on this show and, and the crazy thing, we've got plenty more Witcher on the way. Obviously we've got the blood origin spinoff, which is uh, exploring the creation of the first prototype Witcher, which launches on the 25th of December mm-hmm. of this year. And then uh, season three of the Witcher is due out for, you know, us or global summer Australian winter in 2023. So we've got uh, a ton of of Witcher based content coming your way. But yeah, I'm just waiting to see those first like professional shots of Liam Hemsworth in the outfit. Yeah. And that will sort of make or break it for me as far as I guess how in I am. Like I'll still watch it. I'm not going to abandon it, but if he can embody Geralt in these shots and in that sort of just general, general like energy and presence that, that Geralt has even by barely speaking, if he can sort of, (laughs) have that same magnetism, then there's hope for this show. Maybe they'll just go straight to beard, like full-on beard, and just be like, that's the difference. He has a beard now. Yeah, and and Liam Hemsworth, he can rock a good beard. Like, obviously, you know, I've never seen him with, uh, you know, silver hair before or white hair, but... um I've seen him with a stash. Yeah, <laughs> seen him with a stash and, and, a, and a full full beard. He's usually, you know, he's got a good head of brown hair, but uh, let's see how he looks as the White Wolf uh, come... 2024, maybe 2025, I guess, when we get season four. Mm. All right, the next bit of news. uh, For anyone still on the Halo bandwagon, fear not, because Halo Infinite's long-awaited winter update, which developer 343 Industries calls the game largest feature update yet, is now live on Xbox and PC, including campaign network co-op, the official launch of the Forge beta, and more. 343 has provided extended release notes on its website, but the key additions start with the aforementioned Campaign Network Co-op, 
making it possible for up to four players to experience Halo Infinite's campaign together. Crossplay between PC and Xbox devices is also supported and progress and unlocks are shared across all players, not just the host. That's awesome. To accompany the uh, to accompany the arrival of campaign co-op, the developer has added 24 new achievements, many of which require collaboration to complete. And in another much-requested feature edition, all campaign missions are, are now available for replay via the TAC map, meaning players can now hover up to any outstanding achievements or collectibles without needing to play the whole thing over again. The next biggie is long-awaited return of Halo's much-loved creation tool, The Forge, which is now officially available in beta form and said to be more powerful than ever, as we've already witnessed thanks to earlier leaks. This initial version of The Forge launches with six canvas maps, a new visual scripting engine, object scaling, lighting and audio tools, bot support, significant budget increases, file sharing capabilities, and more. 343 notes the tools will see updates and support over time, evolving to add even more content to further inspire and empower creators. Elsewhere, Halo Infinite's winter update adds two new multiplayer maps and a new mode. There's Argyle, a tight indoor symmetrical map set within the narrow corridors of a UNSC vessel, and Detachment, a symmetrical area map unfolding both within and without a once-abandoned UNSC research facility situated on a rocky outcrop. As the new mode, it's called Covert One Flag and is described as unique one flag capture the flag variant in which attackers and defenders swap sides each round as they battle for control over said single flag. Hmm. So uh, the game obviously has been out for just on 12, close to or just on 12 months now. We've Hmm. finally got the online campaign co-op. Better late than never. I'm not going to poo-poo on 343 for, for getting this thing out well beyond launch. But some notes there that I thought sounded really great, obviously four-player campaign co-op and the fact that progress and unlocks are shared across sure. all four players. There's nothing worse than playing an online game with friends where only the host is getting the things popped or the the, the experience or the save only is relevant for them where if you jump out of that instance back in your own game you're back to square one instead of all that hard work that you've just done following with you so that is awesome to see uh the fact that there's some more achievements for those achievement hunters there to uh to pop but uh yeah this is cool am i gonna go back anytime soon and play halo infinite with some friends probably not but maybe like over christmas or something if there's a bit of downtime and Someone says, yo, do you want to roll the campaign together? I'll be like, yeah, okay, that could be fun. Because it is an awesome, gorgeous open world and playing that with other people would be great. So I never did the campaign. I was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting for this. I was waiting well, to, go. to do the campaign and share the experience with other people. So now I can. So now I can get a team together and I can experience my very first Halo campaign with friends. So um, maybe I'll just line that up with you guys and... Yeah, get that experience. So that's positive for me. I finally get to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I love that. Um, there's been two maps dropped. I I if there has been additional maps that have dropped since then, since like the previous and like initial drop of multiplayer, and since then there has to have been more maps dropped since, right? It's just not an additional. I think there's two. been a couple more. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good then. Um, my like. I enjoyed my time playing multiplayer Halo. The biggest hurdle, the biggest issue that um, I faced in wanting to play more, obviously there were some releases that came out that took my attention, but 
um, there was a lot of um, connectivity issues in the sense that there was a lot of lo- like downtime trying to wait for games or having people drop out or then just having an experience where games were just loading incorrectly. And then uh, it got stale after a while. There was a lot of the same old, same old, same maps, same game modes, and it just kind of got boring after some time. So I'm hoping like this new winter content will um, benefit them and they'll get more people in because I would say based on how uh, successful and well-loved the franchise is for it to have just a very, very quick burst hype a time of release and then just it just died very very quickly very very mm-hmm. quickly even the um esports side of it the uh competitive side that that has had a really rough it had a rough start and i think it's had a really negative uh overall experience to all professional players that decided to either change games or start up in there and a lot of them have already left the competitive halo scene and gone back to their previous games so yeah i'm hoping this this announcement and the fact that this update is live right now is great and hopefully it is a bit of a shot in the arm for this franchise and gets people coming back and maybe maybe reinvigorates the the halo community because yeah there has been a lot of negativity on the back of the release and things not coming out when people expected them to and and having things lacking and whatever else And, and i completely agree the downtime in between multiplayer maps when we were playing together was a pain in the ass like the queues were really long and yeah people were dropping in and out and then trying to get back into parties and it was a little bit janky so hopefully they've they've fixed that over time like i haven't played halo in god i'm guessing maybe six months now maybe more i don't know yeah it'd have to be very close to that yeah so you think there's some quality of life improvements there but uh yeah I'm, i'm keen to uh to jump in and and I guess, experience Halo with you for the first time because I think that'll be really cool because the game is stunning and the story uh, from the campaign is really well done and the fact that they've gone open world for it for the first time, I think you're jumping into to this universe at the right time. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to sort of put some time aside where we can I can drop in with you when you're, when you're working through the campaign. Yeah, that might be fun. Can explain yeah. explain things to me as well. Yeah, yeah. There is a there's a lot of lore there that we can uh, unpack, but uh, it'll be it'll be a good time. So yeah, any any Halo fans, the winter update out now. Get on in there, play some multiplayer, play some um, you know campaign co op, and just uh, have a good time. The next or the last bit of news for THG three hundred seven. Title this one: Grinded my gears, and uh, got some words here from Eurogamer over a decade and a half. After a live-action Gears of War movie was first touted, Netflix has announced it's adapting the Coalition's cover shooter series for the small screen. A Gears of War movie was first trumpeted back in 2007 when New Line Cinema purchased the rights for a live-action adaptation. However, its originally planned 2009 release date came and went and the project has bounced around in development hell ever since. Last resurfacing in 2019 when it was reported it would no longer even be set in the same universe as the games. Jesus Christ. Whatever happened to that version of the adaptation, we may never know. As Netflix on this, the 16th anniversary of the original Gears of War's release, has now announced a new partnership with current franchise stewards, The Coalition. It's a partnership that'll see the streaming service funding two separate Gears of War projects. First up is a live-action feature film, 
said to be an adaptation of the video game saga, suggesting it'll be more faithful to the source material than Universal's stalled effort, and that'll be followed by an adult animated series. Neither project has even a hint of a release date at present, at present, but Netflix, whose seemingly endless lineup of future video game adaptations includes the likes of Bioshock and Tomb Raider, has teased the potential for yet more Gears of War stories to follow. So, I'll quickly throw my thoughts on this one. Um, adult animated series, you know, where, where it's going to go an easy comp and go, you know, something that's going to look and, and perform as well as something like Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Let's go. I'm in. Happy to hear about that. But trying to cram potentially the entire Gears of War story into one film, that scares the pants off me because there is a lot of lore, there is a lot of story, there's a lot of characters, and trying to churn multiple games into a 90-minute jaunt rarely ends well. So I would have preferred to hear that they're making it into a series as well, but... You know, we don't all get what we want. And I will try and remain a little optimistic and see if Dave Bautista finally yes. makes his way into the casting for uh, Gears of War on Netflix. He'll be very upset if he doesn't even get acknowledged or even consideration for this because he's he, I don't, he's probably been the most loud <laughs> when it comes to advocating for this to get its uh, movie release. Unfortunately, it has been marked with Netflix, as we previously stated. So that's always concerning when Netflix is attached. Um, I think a movie would be good. Um, I think it wouldn't cover the entire Gears of War story so far, but I think it could definitely cover maybe the first two, three, maybe. Squeeze in a little bit, possibly, maybe. I just, the problem here is, is that, and this is, I guess, just me, like, I don't know how you're going to get those kind of characters into the movie like these with with the, the right charisma and engagement to hold a movie like and keep it interesting from start to finish um i'm sure it's possible that's the only negativity that i i, I bring to this thought process of getting a Gears of War movie is you just you want a great charismatic team you don't just want machismo gruff um you kind of want the attachment because there's obviously there's a lot of there's a lot of emotional um like dialogue characters scenes we all know mm -hmm. one specific scene in particular um but there's a lot of great um character design as well like a lot of the 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 um, what's this, what's it called? Berserker. I want to see a Berserker in the movies because that was like the first time in like the game, a game in like a long time where I went full panic and I think I threw my controller because <laughs> it's, it, it really got me. So, um, I don't know. There's all the, I think I just see this through a, uh, rose tinted glasses in that like it was one of the first franchises that I got into with Xbox it's one that I loved and I definitely thought uh, playing it like oh this totally could be a movie this totally could be a movie yeah so I just I want it to be a movie but I want it to be successful so yeah like the, the lazy comp like it's not apples to apples but it's going to be in the same vein of like Starship Troopers I think with maybe a little bit more emotional depth yeah and if they can nail that pretty fair hell yeah mm-hmm Hell yeah. But yeah, I, I think if, if it's going to be a movie, if they were to maybe just sort of focus on Gears 1 to begin with and if it's successful and they sort of mentioned there's potential for more Gears stories to follow, maybe then do a second one where they can build off more of the story. I just worry 
especially with the, like you said, the, the cast, like they're larger than life and you don't want to have some of them get lost in the background if you're trying to introduce too many of them into one movie. So maybe just sure. focus on that first story with, with you know, Marcus and, and Dom and, and Cole and Baird and just those sort of primary, primary frontline characters and then build out that world as we go. But if they can nail the look and feel of the locust, like I don't know if they'd do CG with them or they'd do sort of like, uh, you know, practical special effects costume play. True. I'm hoping they do practical effects. Like you can see the success, uh, the success of something like the Predator franchise when they're, when they're using suits. That would work really well with something like this as opposed to animating all these enemies that they're going to be fighting because it just just looks and hits better on the screen when it's practical, I think, still. I think it would have to be a combo, only because when you're fighting armies, that's a lot of that's a lot of money right there. So sometimes CG just works for certain moments, but um, practical effects would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's um I'm very excited though. I'm very excited. And I hope we get like a big scene with the big brumac, you know, like the big giant um like rancor looking things from Star Wars. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have a few moments like that in the game. So I hope we get some of those more big nightmare fuel creatures from the Locust Army. But uh, yeah, Netflix is just gobbling up every gaming IP it can and uh, putting it on its on its platform. And, and I'm not sad about it, but it's... like we sort of talked about it today and every other episode as well, they're very ruthless where if this is underperforming, they can just chop it straight away and leave, leave stories just out in the lurch untold. So yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, and I'm very happy that that uh, that um, 2019 slash 2009 New Line Cinema adaptation, where it wasn't even going to be Certainly. set in the same universe yeah. as the games, never happened because that sounds bananas. It's horrible. Yeah, but that's that's Hollywood for you. But something that is a little less horrible and also very exciting news. Tweet of the week. This tweet comes by way of at JP underscore underscore Ghibli. And there's no text here, just a just a video trailer. And it looks like everyone's favorite Japanese animation house, Studio Ghibli, is collaborating with Lucasfilm. So uh, maybe some more Star Wars anime style vibe. Also, we had the animated series that came out, I think it was 2020 now, if I remember right. And it was kind of cool. There was some unique episodes and some unique sort of stories being told there. But uh, the Ghibli Lucasfilm collab coming soon to a screen near you, Miss Hart. Yeah, it's it's a very very curious collaboration. A lot of people are very very excited for it. Um, I mean, obviously with recent uh, affairs of how Twitter has been, a lot of people weren't even sure if it was real. <laughs> um, it was just because of how pretty incredible like two juggernauts in the in the entertainment space coming together to create something um it's 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 fair to be a little bit skeptical i want to see I, like i already want to know like what are they covering like whose story are they trying to tell um are we just going to be completely as far away from any story that we've ever known like are they going to have the creative freedom of just being like here's the star wars universe here's the law create whatever story you want like like yeah <laughs> let's stay away from the skywalkers can we <laughs> please god please ghibli god no more retelling of the skywalker 
story and the family. Let's get, like like Ali said, as far away from that as possible. Let's go somewhere new with new characters, new story, new excitement. Get some new cult heroes and, and anti-heroes and villains to, to follow and worship for years to come, please. Exactly. Some new planets. So a, little, yeah. a little less desert, maybe. Stay away from Tatooine, Ghibli, please. <laughs> no Tatooine, no Hoth. Stay away from those two. Yeah. No Endor, none of that. Let's let's stay away from the 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 only three main planets that seem to exist in Star Wars. Let's moment, let's go yeah. let's go way 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 out to the left or the right. I don't know whichever direction is as far down. away from as possible. Yeah, but, but this is exciting. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and, and Ghibli will do it justice. Definitely, definitely. Um, it, it's definitely going to be pretty. Oh, I'm curious about the soundtrack. Do they do they have control over the soundtrack? Because Ghibli's always had an incredible score attached to all of their movies. So I'm I'm very curious what kind of uh, musical score we'll have attached, unless Lucas just you know does their thing and like well we've, yeah, we've keep, got keep John Williams away from <laughs> yeah, this. We've got someone Tell him to hang out in the back. Title. Tell him to take a break. He can go focus on all the other Star Wars stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing what comes. I'm super excited for that. I don't know when it's going to be coming out. It's going to be a little little ways down the line. But if you don't want to wait a little ways down the line to get some new content in and around your eyeballs and ear holes, don't worry because we got you covered. New releases and events. There is um, a lot of TV and, and films coming to Netflix and Stan and all the other respective streamers this coming week. So we're talking... Content that's going to be dropping anywhere from, say, the, the 12th of November through to the 20th of November. Ooh. And uh, we've got the Polar Express, uh, 1889, Dead to Me Season 3, Elite Season 6, Rick and Morty Season 6 is continuing as of this week coming, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth, Fleishman is in Trouble, Disenchanted. So that's the movie uh, sequel to the Disney hit Enchanted, which I absolutely oh. freaking love. I love, love, love that movie, and I'm so happy we got a sequel. Uh, and then Yellowstone Season 5 is dropping oh, this week as well. Great. Let's see what's been happening out at the Dutton Ranch. See who's going to die this season because uh, these guys be killing everybody. God, this show is ridiculous. So I, I will be hearing about it. Obviously, my husband will be watching it, so I'll, I'll find <laughs> out what that mess of a woman is up to. Oh, she is. She is a hurricane on the screen. Um, on the big screen really any any big movies of note the only thing i could sort of find that sort of was uh doing the rounds is something called she said but there is a, a nice assortment of games making its way to various platforms as well some of these could be ports to new platforms for the first time but we've got floodland pentiment which i'm actually very excited about playing that's coming to game pass yeah. this week looks really really funky uh, Smurfs Cart. So we've got a cart <laughs> game set in the Smurfs universe coming to the Nintendo Switch. Somerville. We've got uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge making its way to PlayStation 5. Wise 8 Lacrimosa of Dana coming mm-hmm. out as well on PlayStation 5. Call of Duty Warzone 2.0 coming out this week. Goat Simulator 3, Marvel's Spider-Man, Miles Morales dropping on PC. We've got PID. We've also got Pokemon Scarlet and Violet coming out. Oof. Resident Evil 3 coming to Switch. And the Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil in Me coming out on all the platforms. And I reckon that's got strong, strong, strong possibilities of being the best game in the Dark Pictures Anthology to date. Knock on wood. 
Knock on wood. <laughs> Hopefully. So a ton of games there. Busy, busy week. Like, um, obviously, Duck Pitchers, we're always interested in seeing how those turn out. I uh, completely forgot about Pokemon again, even though it co- constantly gets reminded to me. So I've got uh, Pokemon. Then we obviously have that Warzone, which was mentioned earlier. We've got Goat Simulator, which is a fan favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Busy. And then obviously the biggest release, which is Smurf's Cart on Switch. Um <laughs> It's a very intense week of gaming. I want to fang around some Smurfs base track as Gargamel. <laughs> I don't know what weapons you throw at the Smurfs, but I want to smash Hefty Smurf up something fierce with a Smurfs equivalent turtle shell. Yeah. What do you think the weapons are in Smurfs? Mushrooms. Mushrooms? Maybe and they throw their bottles. hats. Potion bottles. Well, then, Fur yeah. balls from Gargamel's cat. I can't remember the cat's name, but maybe maybe swings the cat around. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Smurf's cart coming to Switch this week. But yeah, Pentiment, I'm excited for that. It's cool to see Miles Morales make his way to PC. Pokemon, which is just going to sell like no one's business. Yeah. And then, yeah, Warzone 2.0, people are going to be thirsting for. But the devil in me, I can't wait to play that. Like, it's going to be a big week next week trying to find time to slot some of these games into the calendar. And Pentiment and also Goat Simulator 3 both coming out day one on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. I'm glad Pentiment um, is going to be on Game Pass. I don't know if I actually knew that or if that was something that came more to fruition recently, but um, I I like that. I like that we can ex- people can uh, experiment experience this very unique, unique game. So mm-hmm. the Game Pass uh, kind of gives you that uh, risk element, uh, the risk hurdle for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 100%. So uh, yeah, that officially brings us to the end of episode 307 of THG. Miss Hart, anything you want to shout out or mention before we close this studio down for another week? Uh, just a thanks to everyone that kind of pointed out that some of the uh, esports that I could get into, I little did I know that that fault that same weekend we were recording, there was a massive League of Legends event that was happening, <laughs> um, as well as an Apex event that was also happening. So I got to experience only a little bit of that because I hadn't known. But um, yeah, thank you to everyone that kind of pointed some stuff out for me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But uh, listeners, be sure to obviously rate, review, and subscribe The Hungry Game as well as all the other podcasts in the 8-Bit Network, all the other podcasts you listen to on the reg because those ratings and reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Obviously, videogamesandculture.com and do the forward slash awards to get your award votes cast for the biddies because uh, we want to make the biddies the biggest that it's ever been this year. Uh, But yeah, that brings us to the end of THG 307 officially. So I think it's time to get on out of here, Miss Hart. But until next time, 8-Bit Nation, much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.